Star jump sequence terminates, Captain. Get the gravitational dampers online and open the blast aye, shield. Aye, sir. Bring us in closer. Aye, aye, sir. Moving us in on sublight drive. Extreme magnification. Aye, sir. Good evening, or morning, of the or afternoon, whatever is relevant hole. for the part of the world you are in. Indeed, welcome to the event horizon Let me put this where on the audio. impossible happens. You should be able to Join hear us the magnetic each week resonance. It's time for a journey into science fiction, fantasy, and science fact in all their forms. The event horizon features writers, lecturers, artists, filmmakers, and other talented creators of this marvelous continuum we call science fiction. I'm Susan Fox, the station's executive producer, and with me is Gene Trimbo, founder and station manager. Hello! And there he is. (laughs) And with us tonight is our very special guest, Tom Smith, the world's fastest filker. Hi there, that's all. Thank you. Good night. (laughs) Good night, everybody. Hmm. Um, Known far and wide for the Talk Like a Pirate Day song, the the opera cycle of Last Hero on Earth. Earth. I keep wanting to say the greatest superhero on Earth because that was part of the song, but that's not it. Yeah, it's one of the songs in the cycle. One of the songs in the cycle. (laughs) You've actually written an opera. How many of us can really say that? Well, it's an operetta, I suppose, but yeah. Yeah, it tells a story in song, mostly song. Mm Mm-hmm. Doesn't, doesn't have enough sex to actually qualify as an opera. Well, <laughs> hardly anybody dies. So let's start at the beginning. How did you, uh, well, let's start at the beginning. How did you get started with all this? <laughs> well, the, the flippant answer is I was trying to get laid, and yes, it succeeded. Uh, oh, good. <laughs> yeah, you can't have your mouth full of, of egg cream when, when he talks. Yeah, I'm, you yeah, just I'm just figuring that out. Yeah. yeah. Hi, Mom. Even... Hi, uh, Mom. <laughs> I, uh... <laughs> Way back in 1980, cough. I was. Uh, no. <laughs> it, it's it's actually kind of fun because I ended up uh, becoming part of a Rocky Horror group. Mm-hmm. This, this this was back when I was literally about half what I weigh now, and I had a six pack, and I was gorgeous. I really. You know, most people do not know me when I was hot. Okay, <laughs> I was thin. I was buff. I was tanned. I was I was you know I was doing ten miles a day on a bicycle. Uh, you know, for years. Did you I have would... blonde hair and a tan, or did you play? No, no did but play I did play Rocky. I did play Rocky. Well, there you are. Uh, they they even made gold lame pants for me. Yeah. Gold lame shorts, and um, I had a, I had it bad for uh, a couple of the ladies in the show, and they were members of the uh, Tolkien Society at Michigan State University. You know, mm-hmm. they came down to Ann Arbor to do it because some other could claim the uh, Michigan State Theater. Um, you know, so, so they were filkers and I knew some other people who were friends with filkers. And at some point I said to myself, self, I said, I'm going to go find myself a guitar. And I found myself a $25 guitar at a consignment store that is still operating here in Ann Arbor. And a couple of blocks down, there was a bookstore. I got a couple of Mel Bay guitar books. And apart from one lesson on finger picking, uh, which really didn't take, uh, that was pretty much it. Everything else that I've done is uh, is self taught. Oh, that's excellent! And that's... that was 1985 February. Mm-hmm. I first performed in 1985 March. I was first kind of good by 1988. Uh... <laughs> because it takes, you know, it takes that long. So, uh-huh. yeah, well, that's was... when you were starting to be at conventions, wasn't it? I, I started going to conventions uh, almost about the same time, and uh, the problem was that I thought I was a lot better than I was. And mm-hmm. 
I realize this is a common problem, oh, but yeah. that's okay because I, I had it. I had a plan, and my plan was very straightforward. I was going to do comedy, figuring that if they were laughing hard enough, then they wouldn't be able to chase after me to kill me for me being lousy. <laughs> this too also worked. So by, well, by the time, <laughs> yeah, by the time anybody finally figured it out, you'd gotten your skill up to the I'd point where better, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm, I make no I make no claims to be a great guitarist. I'm I'm a really good folk hacker. <laughs> it is adequate to to frame the picture you the picture in words you are painting. Adequate to sell the song. That's precisely it. Mm-hmm. Well, you've gotten uh, the the piece that you did um, in memory of uh, Jim uh, Henson. Uh, uh, yeah, in memory of Jim oh Henson, the guitar I work play on that. that in the car. Yeah. Ugh. <laughs> I, it the, just destroys me every time. The guitar work on on that piece is actually pretty good. That's pretty darn adequate because yeah. you're you're doing the rainbow connection cording and finger picking and you know and it's right. uh, yeah the the uh, the chord work and finger work in that is is quite exemplary. No thanks. So so uh, yeah, one good take. When did you uh, when did you start uh, when did you start doing public performances, and how long after that was it uh, before just you started uh, actually recording CDs? Like, like I say, I, I actually uh, performed at my first con, uh, or did my first performance at an open uh, sing in a con in March of 85. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, my first OVFF concert was 1988, so that was that was a big moment. Also my first guest of honorship at Context, the very first Context, which was supposed to be a completely and totally very serious literary con and then nobody signed up for it and they said okay we'll do an art show in a dealer's room and we'll get, we'll get a musician in here hey Smith he works cheap <laughs> <laughs> cheap but not easy well you know and that's oh I'm terribly easy what <laughs> you know and that's that's uh, uh, one of the things about uh, science fiction fandom you know it's like anything else it's, if, if it starts to take itself too seriously it starts faltering and because it loses its spirit and it loses its, you know, loses the thing that attracts people to it. Well, music helps. Yeah, music helps a lot. So you started out, um, you started out doing one-offs. And when did you, when did you, uh, when did you start um, putting these together album? into collections? Uh, the, uh, I was going to say, the first album was Who Let Him In Here, which was uh, recorded over 1990 uh-huh. uh, by Bill Oper. And... Uh, and that's got things like a boy and his frog on that. Uh, that was that was a tough that was a tough session. Bill basically followed me to about eight cons and recorded everything. I see. Mm-hmm. And uh, and said, okay, this is going to end up being two tapes, isn't it? And I said, okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, we had, we had a lot of fun recording uh, recording uh, that year and and uh, a couple of years later when we started doing things for Domino Death. But the first one came out in 1991, mm-hmm. and I remember us. Uh, you know, he basically got the the stuff from the uh, duplication factory, like, the day of the con or the day before. Drove out of the con, and so we're all there madly stuffing cassettes for me and Steve McDonald. Uh, so everything was on cassette in cassette. those Cassette. I still have some of them, thank you very much. Mm-hmm. I've still got some of them. If you want to buy them, they're cheap. They're probably <laughs> not in such good shape now. No, actually, these are as, as good as they can get, as, as as good a cassette as you're going to find. No, I mean mine, which have been oh. played to death, and they're 20 mumble years Which is old. why I got uh, got permission from Bill to sell them as digital downloads. He sent me the masters, and I uploaded them, and it's okay. Oh, now. that's wonderful. <laughs> that made me happy. Yeah, that's wonderful. So uh, how many, how many uh, you have done, uh, how many albums now at this point? And when did I, you make the move from cassette to... Uh, 
uh, CD. Yeah, I was going to say cassette to a track, but no, that's well, going the wrong say, direction. I'm gonna smack I was going to say that's, that, 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 that's two different stories. Uh, <laughs> the number of albums I think at this point is twenty three. I got to sit down and actually count them, and not count the live shows, except that I've done up a couple of those formatted as albums rather than just collections of MP3s or one solid MP3. Mm-hmm. So I think I got just under two dozen. That's quite a lot. Well, some of them <laughs> not, are not, like collections of of. Um, commissioned works and things like that which may or may not mean a lot to anybody but the person to whom they were commissioned but they're certainly you know interesting listening well i try to at least make them interesting because i go at it with the same attitude that i would for any of my other songs it's like you know somebody is 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 paying me to write a tom smith song okay so i gotta put at least that much heart into it and uh, fortunately, most of them come out pretty well. I, I I learned early on to filter out crap songs. I have not, you know, and, and I say this with, with what is probably a bit of ugly pride, uh, I have not written too many crap songs because I know they're crap when I'm writing them. <laughs> and they never and, see the light of day. And they never see that. the light of day. Uh, I did, I started to do an adaptation of, uh, of, oh, what the hell was it? Uh, What's the, what's the song? Uh, what's the story that Naylan Long is telling at the beginning of Tea with the Black Dragon? It's it's an old Irish story, uh, old Irish thing like like Tom of Bedlam or something like that. Oh God, he, I haven't. I read that book when it was new. Yeah, I, I know it's a great book, and and he, he's telling, and I try to you know try to adapt basically the adaptation of it <laughs> into a song, and I got like four and a half hat half written, uh, you know, four, four and a half handwritten pages into it and it was the most depressing ungainly thing i was going for the epic lousy folks that you hear you know the ones mm-hmm. i've got 98 verses and i'm an incredible dirge you know kind of thing <laughs> and when yeah. by the time we're done with this song you're going to have to purge <laughs> <laughs> and and those pages were, were accidentally uh burned buried and danced on so i uh don't know where that song is he is, he is the world's fastest filter he is <laughs> An example of it right there. Uh, For the listening audience, if you've never heard a Tom Smith song, we play Tom stuff on the air all the time. It's like one of our basic food groups. Oh, yeah, it is. It's because it's so good. You know, it's it's, it's so good. A lot of his songs are also in our theme. Oh, th- that's true. You're sort of of playing to our target audience. So (laughs) here's a, a. Here's a cut from uh, Tom Smith's The Last Hero on Earth, where uh, uh, the the hero, George, is is deciding, yes, (laughs) is trying to get his girlfriend to call him by his heroic name. George. Angela. Don't call me that. It's your name, silly. Not while I'm in uniform. It's not a uniform. It's a costume. Uniform. George. You never call me by my real name. What? I use it 20 times a day. No, you call me George. Well, that's what you're called. But it isn't what you should say. Well, I'm not going to call you the Waffle. It's a silly name for fighting crimes. It won't terrorize the unlawful. And awful is the only other word that rhymes. I know it's not dramatic. I may have been mistaken. But all the really nifty superhero names were taken I'm quick and fortitudinous, I think it's worth a shot You're impulsive and you're ludicrous So I'll work with what I've got
it's so hard sometimes Cause I do respect and even understand this drive And it isn't fair of me to object But I hope you'll get out of it alive You're a gentle, kind, and funny lout And I want to share your life But I dread that the headlines will one day shout Waffle cut up in a restaurant by a knife You've been saving that one up, haven't you? Mm, Variations leap to mind all too easily But I'll hang on to them for a day or two After you're back from Britain Britain? What's going on? It's all over the news Something's happened to the Hero League You may be the last hero on Earth My god, I gotta help him Which is why you're the last hero on Earth You stay safe till I get back, huh? Just be sure you get back. Love you, Angela. Love you, George. It's a stupid name, but it fits so well. For you never knew what you could be. But when you're in costume, your uncertain shell fades away. And a hero's all I see. You don't want big money. You don't want fame. You just want to help humanity. don't like that name it's yours bring it home to me people of earth fear us your heroes are gone forever either turn the world over to us or we will bring the devastation beyond your nose So much heart in that song. There is. I mean, it's just that I think that's one of the things that makes the the last hero on earth so listenable is that the characters are all real people. I mean, they feel very real, even the maniacs, you know, <laughs> except for that one guy who sings. I've got some earthquake pills I can hide inside some birdseed. Who's <laughs> <laughs> a nut? He's a I love I love the rest doing of them, that. That was that was Oh that was that was great because you know he was sort of singing it in uh You're being a room full of full of yeah, you're homicidal maniacs. Was that all of you? Maniacs. Was that all you singing all yes, of those it was voices? All him. Uh there 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 was one friend of mine who actually kicked in another voice so that it wouldn't be completely me. And I don't uh, know which one that was. <laughs> I can't remember which one it was, but that uh, but that particular one that was me. That was that was doing a a a, a uh, you know it wasn't exactly Wiley e. Coyote, but it was close. Kind of an <laughs> adenoid thing, though. Yeah, <laughs> and it's just it's the yeah, no, the, 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 the thing the, that you uh, need for uh, Kermit the Frog. Hello, hi, I'm Kermit the Frog here. Hi, you know. hi, Kermit the Frog here. <laughs> it's a God, beautiful. it's a frog off. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. So, uh, what do you what do you want to repel the frogs? What? <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I don't like citronella. <laughs> <laughs> also, I'm not very fond of Sleeping Beauty, but that's another thing. <laughs> yeah, it takes a minute. Yeah. yeah well, uh, wait while you get it. <laughs> I'll get there eventually. I'm sure it'll. I'm sure it'll hit me like three quarters of the way through the show. Uh, but I'm, I'm just now, now, now I want to do Citronella, and she goes to the uh, the ball and giant giant orange 
or grapefruit or something. <laughs> there we go. Oh, citronella. Oh, the princess. Citri- the princess and the, the princess frog was another citronella. story. Citronella. You just up. <laughs> okay, I'm there. I'm with you. Okay. So uh, how? <laughs> you know, since we're since we're talking about uh, uh, Last Hero on Earth, that's one of your more recent works. It's not m- your most recent work, but you did this. Say, uh, I've, I've done like about ten albums since then. Yeah. Really? <laughs> I mean, it's, we've got us. We've obviously got to have more of your stuff in our library. Mm-hmm. So, uh, but uh, well, if you don't, I'll be out there in a few weeks, and we can take care of that. <laughs> well, that could happen. That, that could, could happen. happen. We're, we we're could going certainly to meet up in a, about two weeks from from this recording to uh, yeah, I was, at, I was at say. Conjecture Concord, which is uh, piggybacking two 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 conventions in one mm-hmm. uh, in San Diego at the <clears throat> beautiful Mission Inn. Um, that's that's the weekend of uh, October eighteenth through twentieth. And it's it it salutes the lighter side of science fiction, the uh, ghosts of honor are Robert Asprin and uh, Douglas Adams. The guests of honor are Howard Taylor of uh, famed web comic from Schlock Mercenary, and of course present company Tom Smith. <laughs> so what I can't understand is why the ghost of honor is Robert Asprin, but uh, Jody Lynn Nye is not guest of honor. Since it's the same stuff. It isn't. Well, you'd have to ask Jody. Yeah, that's an interesting... <laughs> We've talked to her already. Yeah. So, uh, let's see. What what significant... Have you done any more operettas since uh, last year on Earth? No, but I'm working on a few different things I'd really like to get done at some point. Uh, several years ago, um, Randy Milholland from uh, Something Positive uh, gave me the idea of doing a musical of... Uh, reanimator howard west now the guys who did the reanimator movie several years ago with um jeffrey coombs apparently have a reanimator musical of their own but they're mm-hmm. following the movie i mm-hmm. actually want to adapt the short story ah. which, which which doesn't have much dialogue and in fact is not very long but it's thematically very thick uh it's mm-hmm. it's oh it's grim and i find that i'm going at it from the point of view of of a man who is uh, driven to to fight against religion, uh, and religion has more power in this world than you'd think it does. And it's really interesting for me because I've been an atheist for most of my life, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, suddenly finding myself on, on on the side of okay, this this guy is not necessarily the good guy, and he's deliberately you know thumbing his nose at God, <laughs> mm-hmm. and and it's. Uh, and, no, and the next, in the next frame, there is the heavens open up and zots. <laughs> um, did you ever read, read uh, what was it, Sharon uh, Sharon Shin? Uh, what was the uh, uh, Angelica? Mm-mm. I think that was the name of it. Yeah, that's that, that, that's actually got that. I, I don't want to spoil it. Go go look up the novels of Sharon Shin. <laughs> okay, that's uh, okay. amazing. Stuff. I was going to say, Sharon Shin, James Morrow touches on this stuff all the time. Oh, it's just, just excellent You know, stuff. Philip Pullman was all about assassinating God, too. Mm-hmm. And, he was uh, just a cranky pants because he didn't get a movie trilogy. <laughs> uh, I think he should have. But then again, I wasn't as happy as I could have been with the script. So. Well, there you go. But I have it. <laughs> I have the movie so I can put it on and go, oh, look. <laughs> 
Okay. Next but question. Anyway. <laughs> uh, you also wanted to know when I stopped going uh, uh, with cassettes. When yeah. we did Plug, which was my third album, and it was the first one that I did, uh, because it was a pain in the butt going back and forth to Chicago at that time. Uh, you mean the first, the first one where you did your own engineering? First one where I did my own, my own engineering. Uh, my friend Leslie Larkins uh, uh, helped me. You know, she, she was a recording engineer, and, and, and we got into a, uh, an age-old debate, which she codified for me, and I didn't appreciate the truth of it at the time. Okay, she saw somewhere, and this is really true. I really believe this. Okay, because I've seen evidence of it in everything. All right, all of recording comes down to a struggle between the artist and the engineer, where the artist wants to put in more reverb and the engineer wants to take it out. Mm. <laughs> That's all of it. <laughs> the engineer all can of- hear it, you know. And and she let me win. And every once in a while, I go back and like, God, too much reverb. Oh, you know, because I've I've learned to do it myself, mm-hmm. and, and now I hear what she heard. Oh my God! Now yeah, you're well. arguing with yourself when you're doing your own. <laughs> yeah, I'm having I'm learning the same stuff, you know, because mm-hmm. we're we're starting to. Uh, uh, well, first of all, we're we're doing this show every week, mm-hmm. but uh, and he wants more cowbell. So I have a professional Remo <laughs> cowbell. Thank you very much. Yeah, uh, but uh, apart hey, from that... On, the, hang on a second. Hang huh? on, hang on, hang on. <laughs> where is it? Where is it, my precious? Place cowbell here. <laughs> I plan to bring my bag of... My magic bag of, of quirky percussion with me to the co- to cons. No, so. I used to have. I, I thought I still had a... Uh, uh, a cowbell VST, which I can get over the place. <laughs> <laughs> well, I hadn't just soaked my iPhone. I had a cowbell app. You put, you activate the app, and then you shake your <laughs> iPhone and go ding a ding a ding a ding a ding. Yeah, and the I, iPhone took on a little water, so we're trying the <sighs> the the. I gotta um, stop drowning. Put the them. put the phone in the bag full of rice trick. Uh, I, right, must have, the, I, 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 I must have uninstalled the cowbell at some point. I'll have to, I'll have to reinstall it. It was good. Yeah, yeah, the guy who made it even put a picture of, of Christopher Walken on it. So that he <laughs> There's it. no <laughs> mistake. <laughs> That's great. But, uh, anyway, uh, we were talking about uh, the yeah, the, yeah the, when we, we were, were talking the, about the fir- your your first uh, uh, your first transition. Ooh, well, your your third album. And uh, you were doing your engineering yourself, and that was your and your first. Playing yeah. some mean synthesizer. We we were doing a lot of. I was going to say I like I like working with a lot of that stuff, and it was the first time that I was able to do that sort of thing, and it was a lot better in a lot of ways than it should have been. <laughs> I didn't know what I was doing. I can always say at this point I still don't know what I'm doing, but I'm having so much fun learning how not to do it. You know that that it's uh, it's worth it. But uh, back then I. Uh, I was doing a lot of stuff on uh, my Amiga. I used a program called Super Jam, which is an uh-huh. auto-accompaniment program. Amiga. I remember it. I oh, remember let's, let's it. Let's stop for a moment. Amiga? Really? <laughs> yeah. I, I have, they, were uh, amazing, they were amazing machines. Oh, you went from Amiga I, to Linux, which makes I have, you no, I went, twice well, a nerd. I have, I have four Amigas from uh, A1200 to, uh, to an A... Uh, uh, you know, the, the big one. I can't remember the 9000. Uh, out in the shed. Uh, you know, my, my first hard drive was a gig. 
<laughs> and and wasn't that impressive at the time, though? Well, wow. it would be amazing when how an, much Amiga program you could fit on that sucker. Well, <laughs> and the, the Amiga was an 8-bit hybrid uh, processor. And it was in color. So Well, mm. and it also, it was loaded with multiprocessors, so it didn't, it, it mean, what it lacked in clock speed, it made up for in parallel processing. Well, the and it was thing, a fantastic media machine. It, it, it was an amazing media machine. And the reason that we're going to cut this short, because otherwise we'll just be talking about Amiga for all night. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. Okay. You know, the big thing to express to the, uh, uh, to the listeners is that Amiga did something that neither Windows or Mac nor, uh, nor Linux do. Okay. Amiga did its multitasking in hardware. So it took all of the stress off of the operating system. Oh, that's bloody brilliant. Part. I didn't know that. Okay. No, I that's, that's that. exactly what it was. That was why you could get a half crash where one window was dead and the other window wasn't. Um, they also didn't have the shutdown thing. You know, if you just shut off the Amiga, it was good. It was fine. The programs didn't care. Mm-hmm. You know, if you if you do that with with a Windows or a Macintosh, it'll go ah everything dies I'm melting. You know. And then it <laughs> writes garbage to your hard disk and it writes garbage to your hard drive. Uh, you know it, it sulks and pouts and writes garbage to your hard drive. It punishes you. Yeah, mm-hmm. and you hurt a lot. Yeah, and, after doing and, that. Mm-hmm. No, Amiga didn't do that. And because of the fact that it didn't have a lot of memory, and because of the fact that it was tricky to write for, the coding was very very tight so <laughs> oh yeah well, you, had you, to, you had to downcode everything into assembler to get it to do well, anything you can still, practical. well no but but, but uh, you know you can still get amiga emulators and you can still get the programs for them it's like these are tiny programs this is like, they, they were well and oh, yeah. and yeah and that's why a gig of hard disk went such a long way but yeah. uh yeah no i my first 3d package was uh light mm-hmm. wave 4.0 on a commodore yeah. amiga uh 800 guys yeah, anyway, you're gonna write a going story on. about the Amiga. <laughs> uh, give me a minute. Uh. <laughs> yeah, give him a minute, and he could do it. Yeah, Amiga, Amiga. So what goes? What's happening in your head that makes you so such a fast filter? <laughs> what is your process? I'm I'm curious. Well, my process. Besides the fact that I make sure that every question is answered, I'm going to get back to the one on on the cassettes and CDs, and we'll get back to the process. Okay, this okay. is uh, this is kind of important too because this is the way that everything works. I try to keep track of everything. I like having the answers for everything as much as I can. Okay, mm-hmm. in particular, this answer was when we did plug. We ended up uh, getting a thousand CDs and a thousand cassettes. We ended up uh, reprinting uh, five hundred uh, cassette, uh, five hundred CDs because they had extra CD stuff, and we sold out. And we were like, "This is great!" And the CDs are all gone. I still have a couple hundred cassettes. <laughs> oh boy! <laughs> you know they didn't buy. Yeah, they didn't sell. Nobody wanted them. And I even gave them uh, gave some away at a, at a couple of conventions. I'll probably bring uh, some with me to give away at uh, yeah, Concord. because life we'll life marches on, and it's it's the technology. You know, mm-hmm. the technology yeah. passed it by, and you got stuck yeah. with them. You know what Absolutely. we ought to do is get pencils. Pencils. <laughs> that's how you wind a cassette. Oh yeah. Uh huh. Well, that's the it's thing is I, pencil, I, I I love my iPad, but nobody's getting my book collection for the simple fact that books don't crash. Books don't run out of battery power. And uh, <laughs> oh yeah, I was so. just going on Facebook today talking about how I spent, you know, every every t- you know math science course I ever took in college using a slide rule, and they looked at me funny. Yeah, what's up with that? But <laughs> slide rule never crashes, never runs out of battery power. 
you know how to do a slide rule, you are golden. Mm-hmm. Um, and now there's a no. slide rule app. Mm-hmm. Yeah, kidding. I know. It's like oh, please. Like, no, this is for post-apocalypse. This is when you're fighting the zombies and you want to recreate civilization and you need the slide rule. Yes. <laughs> uh, the creative process, uh, I, I don't know that I could codify it as such, but like I say, I try to keep track of everything. I try to be aware of a lot of things. I mean, I, I dip my toes into Facebook and Yahoo and a bunch of other places where it's really not civilized, but that's where shit happens. So... Mm-hmm. <laughs> It allows me to pay attention to more of that. Um, I spent a few years back in the day when I first got into fandom, you know, relatively organized fandom as it is. Uh, again, back in 85, uh, 84 and 85, I joined the Stoyagi Air Corps, which is the local uh, science fiction club here in Ann Arbor. Mm. And uh, one of the uh, one of the people who hung out there uh, all the time was Filker Cliff Flint, who mm-hmm. is an incredibly nice guy and an incredibly smart guy yes oh my god he is just amazing and if you've ever heard his magnum opus on reality warp which is like literally a couple hundred puns in 10 minutes of talking blues uh it's staggering i mean you just just sit here and it's like watching it's like watching mystery science theater or listening to riff tracks uh cranked up from 33 to 45 the jokes could just keep coming (laughs) whap 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 and uh I and my best friend at the time, Gail Christofferson, decided that we wanted to try and keep up with Cliff. Yeah, good luck so with that. We spent, we spent a few summers, we spent a few years basically punning at each other. Okay, mm-hmm. back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And it got crazy. Okay, we literally had just, just awful, awful puns all the time. Was uh, that, I, that was your 10,000 hours of expertise I, building I right there. Game, I ran a role-playing game that Gail was in and several other very smart and very nice people were in where we had a pun fund that eventually got up to uh, about $88. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you had nickel puns, dime puns, a quarter for the really El Succo. I had the only dollar pun in the game. No, I was running Dude. the game... I was allowed to have the dollar pun. They had to go visit the the, the, the the ancient wise man at the mountaintop, okay? And he lived on the face of the mountain there in a, in a hidden cave. And he, he had lost his sight but gained insight. And it took him a long time for them to figure out that they had just visited Blind Man's Bluff. Oh. oh. That's really... <laughs> okay. Yeah. Okay. You win. Definitely. <laughs> yeah. So we punned and we punned and we punned. And eventually we both got better than Cliff. And then I kept going. <laughs> and I have never Vengeance. stopped. It wasn't, no, no, it, it, it's funny because that used to be it. It's like, oh, my God, I, I, I've got to face the challenge. And facing a challenge when you're a young snot nose is kind of something you do. And as I've gotten older, it's like, well, no, I don't have to face the challenge. If I feel like it, I can you know, challenge myself or whatever, take that and go, yeah, that's amusing. I'll do that. But it used to be that I wouldn't let it stand. It's, it's like, oh, somebody puns on me and I got to out pun them. And that attitude is great for learning how to pun, learning how to be witty, learning how to be verbal, learning how to verbally joust with people. Not so good for making friends. Yeah, <laughs> yes. That's one, thing, it, that's one thing that puns do is that they, uh, while they are entertaining, they're also a barrier to social interaction. Well, it depends. Well, because people are... Because it effectively stops the conversation. You've you've just you know gone into semantics instead of actually paying attention to the context of what somebody else is saying. Context rather than content, rather. Well, yeah, but also remember the many of the people we hang out with don't look at it as um, stopping the conversation as it's another jumping off point. 
Mm-hmm. Sometimes, yeah. but when How, someone however, is talking however, about something and on a roll, yeah, uh, that's a that's just an, a that interrupts them and yeah, as 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 you say, it gets away from content and it goes in, into the direction of style. Um, the other thing about it is there's something that I call Oscar Wilding. Mm, okay, mm-hmm. and goodness knows we all know people with conventions who Oscar Wilde. Yeah. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yes, Oscar Oscar Wilde can be a verb. <laughs> it is a verb. You're right. Yeah, it, 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 because you know they know that they're the smartest person in the room, and they feel the need to demonstrate it to you, especially if you have some kind of reputation. Which is why autograph uh, tables of authors around the world uh, always have at least one person. I love your stuff, and I have a great idea for a story, and you're the only one who can write it. But it's my story, so I want to get half in on it with you. And you know, what are you? <laughs> yeah. Go away. And well, you get at a convention, everybody who is used to being the smartest boy in the room or smartest yeah. girl in the room is there exactly. with all the other smart boys and girls and they fall on their face. Exactly. And I eventually realized that this was causing me problems. And so I started to back off from it for the simple fact that my goal was not to be the smartest guy in the room. There were several people who were in the room that I could not possibly be smarter than, one of whom was Cliff. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Outpunning Cliff was a big thing. And then I realized that it wasn't all that big at all because my attitude was not making anybody like me. Uh, it was the growing up process, and it was uh, it was good <laughs> because you know that's that's one of the biggest things fandom is for is uh, helping to socialize the unsocialized <laughs> uh, or socializable. And I wasn't an awful person, but I was You're a bit young. stuck up. Yeah, what is I, Christine? Call it Christine Cherry. What Call about it? Social potty training. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Christine Cherry is a, a producer of one of our other shows. She's she mm-hmm. does uh, the Corsair's Closet, which is the um, cosplay show. Doctor Who cosplay. Doctor Who cosplay. cosplay. And you wouldn't radio think that show. would lend itself to radio, but somehow it, they make it <laughs> work. Somehow, somehow they make it work, and it's one of our more popular shows. But she's got uh, you know she's she been in fandom a long time and. And uh, she's seen this sort of thing happen you know, for too. Thirty odd years, some of them very odd. Yeah. <laughs> and 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 a lot of the people who who do it do not realize that they are doing it. They they, you know, the raconteurs and everything who like, you know, yeah, they, they they all turn into a variation of Commander McBrag. Did I ever tell you about the time that I was completely <laughs> naked and surrounded by Lady Gaga clones in the depths of Africa? Inspector, <laughs> <laughs> you certainly have. Well, it was like this. And, um, and they're very lonely people the rest of the time. It's sad. I, I, I suspect they are. I mean, there are a few of them out there, and I'm not going to name any names because some of them are quite prominent at conventions, shall we say. And maybe listening. Yeah, uh-huh. I don't want to take the chance. But there are some of them that I literally wonder how they function in day-to-day life because I can't imagine them doing this shtick and staying in character at work and they're carrying themselves as if it's not a character. And it's like, okay, you're either a better actor than anybody I've ever seen on the screen or you got uh, a couple problems, and it, it, it's kind of scary. <laughs> but the but, uh, the the idea of uh, you know the idea of uh, taking the characters like this and turning them into folk songs, I mean that's that's got to be appealing. Mm. You know, I mean, it is. You have you have uh, the characters in your songs are are pretty deep. I mean, it's it's surprising. I mean, the most of the time when I hear Philk, it's it's pretty much retelling self, of a, a story or yeah, a TV retelling show. of some story, and they're trying to be 
trying to be grand and momentous and they just sound end up sounding sort of like I don't well, know. that was like, like the thing I told you about before, where I decided that uh, uh, that this song that I was writing uh, sucked, and I had to get rid of it because trying for the grand, opulent thing at that point in my career wasn't really possible. I don't really think it's possible now. I mean, I could do it, okay? I could do it and make it work, but is that the kind of thing I want to write? I don't think so. Um, you're talking about uh, you know, where, where I get the creativity, where I get the ideas. The ideas come from everywhere, okay? The... Uh, you know, little, little stuff. Uh, when I was doing the song a week and I did the song a week because, you know, this guy that I had not heard of at that point called Jonathan Colton did a song. <laughs> a week. He yes. said, I can do that mm-hmm. song a week. I can do that. And so I did it and uh, it worked out pretty well. Um, got four albums out of it and a bunch of songs that I like doing and not too many clinkers. Uh, but, uh, you know, there, there's a song on there called body hacking. I saw that phrase and, you know, I went to just, extremes of what this guy did swapping out parts for himself. Oh, we, we're not talking with a cleaver. No, no, no. No, no, no. No. Although that's one I see what you did the there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the song Two Guys Kiss and Ruin My Life. That was based on, on just the philosophical question that I was, you know, I among many other people have asked. It's like, okay, what exactly does two guys kissing do to you anti-gay guys? Okay, what does it do? And I thought, okay, what if it actually works? <laughs> I saw two guys kissing and it gets all squirmy inside. I don't understand. <laughs> um, the, uh, you know, stuff like that. Uh, it, it's just a matter of taking it the one next step. And that usually is enough. One step beyond. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You, so, you, somebody you somebody mentioned... Somebody mentioned at some point that you could do, uh, you know, it's, it's like they were they were doing a street view on Google Maps and seeing some really cute chicks. And I thought, well, there's got to be a list, at least one guy out there who's primarily uh, girl watching on Google Maps. And so I wrote that song. <laughs> yeah, there probably is. That's a sad thing. Yeah. Cruising for chicks on Google Maps, the be all and end all of killer apps. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Okay. Uh, we've uh, we're at six eleven, and we started at about five thirty, and okay. yacked for ten minutes before we started okay, the so show. We're about half an hour. Yeah, roughly. All right. We'll then. get it. You know, if we run ten minutes over, whoopee! We own the radio station. <laughs> it's good to be the boss. It is good to be the boss. And it's good to be the boss when you're when you're an independent. Uh, musician um i remember a very big deal and a a very big jump young young tom smith took from the corporate world to full-time musician (laughs) that had to have taken courage as if i wasn't kicked (laughs) (laughs) that had to have taken courage no matter how it it still either go splat or you learn to fly on the way down the short version of it is really simple in 2004 february i uh was laid off from the job that I worked at. I could get into great detail about that, but suffice to say, it was a dying part of a reconfiguring industry. And we wouldn't know bas- anything about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and basically, from from six months earlier to the point where I was let go, okay, everything changed to the point that the job damn near didn't exist anymore. It does not exist anymore and has not for years. It's all been automated. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, 
I was let go. I had six months of uh, unemployment, uh, state of Michigan and stuff. And I tried to throw myself back into that rat race. And the rat race out here sucked. And everybody in my industry was, in fact, going through the changes at the time. Mm -hmm. And so there were like 150, 200 jobs that literally a couple hundred thousand people were applying for. Mm. Yeah, that sounds like what I just went through last February. Mm-hmm. And, and and other jobs are still going. And, and I was going to say, we wanted to get into the politics. We can go on the fact that there's still like three job seekers for every job mm-hmm. in America these days. But that's another thing. Um, but that's the down way, if, from 100,000. That's some uh-huh. improvement. If you don't know, if you don't mind, know my politics by this point, I am, in fact, liberal progressive. Yay. Um, <laughs> and after six months, I'm like, okay, the unemployment is running out. What have I got here? And... I had been simultaneously putting songs online. I put up a, a, a concert uh, as an album. I put up some other things. I set up downloads on my site. Mm-hmm. And to my incredible surprise, I was almost covering the bills from that. <laughs> and that was what made the decision. It's like, if I'm almost covering the bills, if I can put some more effort into this, maybe I will cover the bills. And for several years, I did. It was great. It was really great because even though I was living on the edge, I was living on the edge on my terms and I was making just enough money to get by and I was having much more fun. And then the economy simultaneously, you know, the, the economy started going really wonky for everybody in the country about the same time that I really badly hurt my leg. And oh, I guess it was about the same time, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. Summer of uh, 2008, things started going really shitty. And... Uh, after that, it was very tough. I had a lot of uh, help from friends uh, after that summer, but it has never been the same, and I have been basically trying very hard to just tread water at this stage. Mm-hmm. Getting Social Security disability from having hurt my legs so bad. Um, you know, I, 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 I tore my left quad muscle so badly they had to go looking for it. It rolled up in my leg like a, uh, like a uh, window. Oh, my. <laughs> well, that's exciting. Oh, it was exciting. And <laughs> and the uh, and so I'm treading water like everybody else right now. It's okay. It's it's. I'm never going to be able to work in an office again, or or work retail, or work in a restaurant. And I don't want to. I, and and not I don't unless s- they do singing waiters. <laughs> I don't. I don't see why you should have to. I mean, you have a you have a rare and unusual talent, and you've got. Uh, uh, yeah, I can fart through my. You, you've, uh, you've done something that that very very few uh, songwriters of any kind have. Little, never mind filkers, uh, musicians. Uh, it's it's an it's an extremely difficult thing to do. To it, 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 it's funny. I I, I kind of disagree. There are a lot of indie musicians out there, and a lot of them are touring. If I was able to tour more, I'd be in a much better financial place, and I'd mm-hmm. I'd, I'd be having as much fun. It's okay as it is, though. Uh, I'm almost exclusively doing uh, science fiction conventions and the occasional house concert. Mm-hmm. Uh, it'd be nice to make more money. It's not vital. No, the important thing at this point is is I'm much happier over the last nine years than I was over the previous nine years working in, in the job in the mortgage industry. Okay, that job was killing me every day. Oh, I, I up, believe I it. Up, I believe I would it. get up in the morning and I would stare at that my computer screen. That is one of those soul-sucking jobs. I'd get up and stare at my computer screen until I went to work, where I would stare at a computer screen until I went home, or I would stare at a computer screen until I went to bed. <laughs> That's a lot of computer time. It is. 
but but I don't watch much TV. <laughs> well, that's that's the that's the both the curse and the blessing of uh, you know I I want to use the euphemistic phrase today's modern age, you know, <laughs> but. Uh, uh, it's really true. Most of our entertainment is coming to us over the computer now. And uh, there, I've been reading in a, um, a radio industry publication uh, that people are listening to audio on their portable devices now more than they ever have. And that there has been a dramatic uptick just in the last year. It's, it's grown by 20%. So if uh, if there was ever a time for uh, people like you and us uh, to uh, to make something like crazy like uh, uh, like what we're doing actually work, this is it. Mm-hmm. So I think you know we're it some, might it might be rough smart, right now. Aren't we rich? Yeah. Well, it's well, because, it might... because we have hearts. We have hearts and souls. Oh, damn it. <laughs> well, that's I think that's part of the answer, Tom uh, the, and Susan. I think the. The rest of the answer is we're not rich because nobody is. Uh, the we're the economic environment, w- the economic environment is such that uh, uh, there are very very few people who are actually able to make it work at all. Anybody in in the current economic environment who's actually making this work on any level is going to be soaring when the economy kicks back in. Mm-hmm. Because uh, it, it it takes I got nipples, only yeah that's all I only got. <laughs> only the wiliest of us uh, is able to do anything in an economic environment like this one. So the fact that you're the fact that you've got anything going at all that you can point to and say I'm doing that and it's even kind of working, I mean that's a huge win. Doctor, doctor, I really want to thank you because my confidence has been so low for the last several years and you make me realize that I'm a good person. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, <laughs> Dr. Jean, tell me your problem. I'm listening. I was, I was going to say, you are focusing a lot on the fact that, uh, that, that I've, I've you know, been quote-unquote self-employed. Technically, I'm unemployed. Okay, this is, this is, this is a hobby going berserk. Okay, uh, uh, yeah, it's... Well, serious. I like that. You know, it's, seriously. Well, it's, so, it's, so is Krypton Radio. Yeah, so, so is Krypton Radio. You know. Yeah. No, no the, the, but we, I, we incorporated. I, I, so, so there you go. <laughs> so we're, we're hobby, hobby gone berserk, gone incorporated. A corporation. You're the man. You're the enemy. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> is it, if we're a corporation now, then then do we have human rights? <laughs> oh, we're getting into the politics again. Down, don't even down. want to. Uh, <laughs> I won't believe that a corporation is is a person until the uh, state of Texas executes one. That's all. I was going to say I, I won't believe a corporation is a person until we can use a defibrillator on one. <laughs> oh, that'd be fun. Yeah, well, defibrillator. Fun well, that's what our our Indiegogo right now is. Yeah, <laughs> that's be... the defibrillator. You want to know? It's probably a great time in the in the show to talk about our various and sundry websites. Why don't you guys go first? Because you also go last with the Indiegogo. Let's start with that. Kryptonradio.com. Yeah, Krypton. Your one-stop shop for all things that we do and all things that other people do. Yeah, we're we're sort of a, a we're a portal. We're an aggregator. We collect cool stuff so that uh, the so fans who are looking, yeah, so that the fans who are looking for the cool stuff don't have to spend their lives rummaging through Google to get it. 
<laughs> and uh, you know, and th- at the same time, we're faster it, than the nerdist more often than not. Mm-hmm. Yeah, more often than not, we scoop the nerdist. You know, and and uh, the the uh, the flip side of that is that we also provide a platform for people like you to help reach their audience. And, you know, and that's really what the station is is all about. TomSmithOnline.com, where I am a frequent flyer. (laughs) Now, do you have do you have any uh, uh, Kickstarters going right now? I do not. I'm probably going to set up something on Indiegogo uh, after the beginning of the year. I'm not precisely sure what because I have a few projects that I have in mind. You've got the open guitar case. Do you need uh, an outside uh, crowdfunding source? Yes. Okay. <laughs> okay. I can take yes that for works. an answer. <laughs> no, they're, they're, and when you, every when once in a while do. someone tosses something there in there. Uh, every once in a while someone uh, uh, you know, buys uh, buys some stuff at either that or my Bandcamp site, which is tomsmith.bandcamp.com. Um, I get a little bit of money from some things I have through CD, CD Baby. I have some things uh, at the Fump, uh, the Fump.com, the Funny Music Project. Mm-hmm. Um as far as the, the success thing goes, I have one distinct problem which amuses me mightily. Okay? If I don't have constant stuff, all my fans say, Oh, you're wonderful. I have everything you own. What do you have new? Uh, nothing. Okay, bye. Yeah. <laughs> what have you done for me lately? Yep. Yeah. And, and it's, it's not even a matter of what have you done for me lately. It's, oh, I, I have everything. Sorry, I can't. <laughs> you know, so I started putting out a tip jar. I put the open guitar case on the on the website. I, I carry a tip jar with me like a, like a regular well, musician. So, <laughs> so it's like, uh, you know, it's the Pokemon syndrome. You know, mm-hmm. nin- Nintendo's, uh, Nintendo wasn't stupid. Yeah. You've got to catch them all, okay? Then, and, and, they, and, they were, and there were 80 of them. And then what? Yes, you know. Then, so they had to invent then, another another eighty or ninety, and then another eighty or ninety. Well, ask your son how many. And then, they I don't think I don't think my son even knows, and he's 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 uh he's a he collects Pokemon cards, and he's got maybe a couple thousand of them. And it, it's got, why I put it's why I put live shows up on the site because uh, every live show that I have is going to be very different, even if I do exactly excuse me the, the exactly the, the same, same thing. Yeah, because it's different stuff I'll happens. Usually, I'll usually vamp something different. The audiences mm-hmm. are always different. Sometimes at conventions, something's going on in the next room, and it's like, "What the heck is that?" Uh, at uh, at uh, DragonCon one year, uh, apparently Danger Woman was in the other room, uh, and she had a big crowd, and it was loud and weird and interesting, and they kept going back and forth. Uh, this year at DragonCon, uh, my Sunday night concert uh, was in uh, the International Ballroom North of the Hyatt, and in mm-hmm. the International Ballroom South was a panel with Maurice LaMarche and Rob Paulson. Oh, my pink, God. Doing Pinky and the, the Brain Shtick. They're Pinky okay. and, and the we Brain. And we ended up getting into a dueling cheers type of thing <laughs> <laughs> between the two rooms. And I was, I was very fortunate the next day to actually be able to get to the Walk of Fame and meet Rob Paulson for a few minutes and, and, and said, um, Sir, I think that I was like, you know, what was causing the cheers in the other room last night? And he goes, that was you? Wow, those were loud. That was great. <laughs> and, and, and we kind of fanboyed on each other for a minute, which is wonderful. Oh, that's uh, awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, so so uh, you, you hit on the, you touched on the, the problem of having to be continuously uh, productive. Uh, do, do you have some days where you just can't pick up the guitar? Oh, unfortunately, more than uh, than not. Yeah, some days it's just like, what am I doing here? And uh, and, and 
And that's actually been a problem for about the last year and a half, and I'm, I've been you know, sneaking my way out of it, uh, being more productive. Uh, there's a certain point past which everything else in real life just weighs down on you, and you think, mm-hmm. I can't do this crap. Yeah. Well, and, and it, I find that, you know, in such cases, you, what you need is just you need to shake the box. Find something new to th- or find some new thing to throw into the box yeah, to stir and, things and, around a bit. And part of uh, part of the problem also was I was doing a few uh, basically long form uh, projects that mm-hmm. it's like, OK, I got to do this, 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 this and, and, and make this work out. You know, it wasn't like do a song and then catch up with another song and then put it in and, uh, and figure out what songs might go here. And no, uh, you know, a piece at a time. No, it was like the entire thing was a piece and mm-hmm. it's Oof. immense. And, you know, you do that to yourself and you get caught in a box. And uh, as you say, shaking up the box helps. And so I wrote a few uh, songs along the way, and I'm getting out of that finally. I also uh, finally have been mixing a couple of albums that have been sitting around for a while waiting to be uh, to properly dealt with, like the uh, the Tom Boat, which was uh, uh, at WindyCon a couple different years, the rock band Toy Boat out of Chicago backing yes. me up. I got a couple of their albums. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. It just, yeah. I just can't say their name too many times in a row. Exactly. Toy boat, toy boat, toy boat. Yeah, rubber baby buggy bumper, yes. Uh, <laughs> rubber baby buggy bumpers. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, what, uh, what do you consider your best work of the last few years? Hmm. That's I know that's, I know it's like trying to... Which is your favorite yeah, child. Yeah, which is your favorite child. Yeah, what, what, But what do you, uh, uh, name, name some, uh, some works that you're, that you're, uh, particularly proud of. Mm. Works that I'm particularly proud of. Um, I am and will always be really proud of uh, Boyness Frog and Rocket Ride and Dervish. I love Rocket Ride. That is that is one of my favorite songs. My son loves it. Well, one of the greatest compliments I was paid uh, was by uh, the writer Peter B. Gillis, who said that if Springsteen did Rocket Ride, it would just fit right in. <gasps> please! Oh, please! Oh, please, 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 please. <laughs> yeah, it sure would. I can see. I can definitely see that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and the other one you mentioned was. I'm sorry. The the, the uh, boy and his frog. Boy and his frog. Yeah, uh, I, absolute tearjerker. I love that song. And uh, we can we well, can that play was, that. We can play that right. He's after got a the show. flair for the tearjerkers. That's not his only one. Yeah, it's one about his grandmother. That's just oh. Yeah, my grandmother actually. Uh, let's see. What is today? Yeah, it would have been uh, 20 years and eight days since she passed away. I'm so sorry. <laughs> That's a, it, It's okay. I, I, I still wish she was around because she was the kind of person I could share stuff with, okay? And, and we had fun together. We watched cartoons together, okay? The last movie that we saw together was Scrooged uh, with Bill Murray. Yay! Um, I can't imagine. Yeah, my my grandmother was her. a racist wacko. Oh, my, my, my grandmother was... My grandmother was a product of her time, but she had a lot of of heart and she had a lot of uh, open mind. Uh, she actually went with me to Rocky Horror a couple times, and uh, it was great. That's awesome. Okay, lo- let me just savor that mental image for a while. Okay, that's done. Uh, <laughs> uh, you know, but she made you what you are, you know? She, she had a lot to do with it. Uh, 
Yeah, Boyness Frog, obviously. Well, she used to watch cartoons with me, for crying out loud. <laughs> well, I think most grandparents do, but not, you know, not much after age, like, 10, 12. No, 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 Act- actively, <laughs> actively watching Looney Tunes. It was great. Yay! Yeah, Boyness Frog, uh, uh, I'm very proud of Dervish, the way that came out. Uh, I'm, I'm not fairly proud of a lot of stuff. I, 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 I've, done, I've done some good work. Uh, we, we agree. Now, you, you have you, done you some say good. that yeah, you know, it's comedy, it's flighty, it's whatever. It's not necessarily very serious, and that's true. But I was one of the first people in fandom. Okay, and we're talking. You know, there, there were several who who tried. You know, uh, several who were very good at funny. Okay, but I was one of the first ones who came in and started rocking funny. Really okay. seriously? Yeah, they're, 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 ser- seriously. I mean, it was me and Barry Charles Helton. We came in and we started doing rock. And that, I think, made a lot of difference because everything up to a certain point in, in Filk, uh, you know, which is, of course, you know, the word is based on the word folk. All mm-hmm. right? Everything well, up true. to a certain point was pretty much a derivation of folk music. Uh, and, and it got into some, some spinoffs that were kind of close, but for the most part, still basically folk. And... <laughs> I started to write a song years ago called 130 Lullaby, and I can't remember the rest of it, but uh, the gist of it was, you know, how it can get in the filk room at 1.30 in the morning. And it's like, oh, we, you know, they slaughtered our village and stole every whore, then went on to pillage the village next door. They gave our dogs rabies and slaughtered, uh, slaughtered our sheep, so hush now my babies and drift off to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yeah, that's... Uh... And... and, and Barry and Sally came in, and I came in, and we were starting to do rock and roll. That and sure woke things up, I'll it tell you. It did, and to this day, it still does, because we don't stop at any genre, all right? And the dementia people have made some incursion into it, and I say an incursion because a lot of people are still kind of weirded out by them, you know, and, and they got synthesizers, and they and they got CDs uh, playing their, their uh, music uh, uh, in backups as opposed to having their own instruments. But they're doing just as valid and just as funny um, as as anybody else. Silk is a is a pretty open minded community, and it's you know more open minded all the time. But mm-hmm. you know we're all getting older, and there's a you know there's a little bit of I don't know about these youngins, you know, type of thing. <laughs> and so I, I like to think of myself as one of the bridges and one of the bastions of of saying you can't do the same old stuff all the time. I try to be funny, because my first rule of comedy is be funny, not witty, not clever, not oh-so-wise, you know, not not sending a message. The first rule is to be funny, and the second rule is to deliver the joke, then move on, which is why some of my parodies are not very long. They're only like a verse or a verse and a chorus, because you don't need the whole song. Yeah, it's, it's, it's one joke, there it is. Boom. It's one joke, there it is. Oh, you should expand that to a whole song. No, no. it's not funny. <laughs> yeah, it's not not good enough for a whole. Mm-hmm. You know, most people forget that the purest, the purest, tightest, shortest filk song, they usually have two lines, but it really only needs one. Okay, the shortest one ever done. The hills are alive. That's ah! <laughs> <laughs> usually followed by, and it's rather frightening. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. And they're coming this way, you know, some variation. Yeah, some, yeah something like that. Yeah. But all you, all you have to do is just go, ah! Yeah, <laughs> and and joke delivered, move on. 
Yeah, I can see that. It's yeah. very effective. I, I, it, it Short occur- and funny is best, which is why I'm best. I could just pinch those little cheeks over 3,500 miles. So it occurs to me that uh, a great deal of the music that we play on Krypton Radio actually owes you uh, uh, the debt of, of legacy. I mean, you are you are you are the first one out there doing what a lot of these other uh, you know we play a lot of a lot of folk music and it's a what lot you, of it's rock. What do you have in mind when you say that? Well, yeah. like the bl- the blibbering humdingers, for example. Oh, the ones in yeah, the uh, oh, that's true. You know, uh, the Dobby special. bang your head. That's funny. <laughs> yeah, a lot of the I, uh, the Harry Potter rockers and the and the Doctor Who rockers are doing. I don't know that I actually fun. have anything to do with that so much personally. Well, but you're really starting think... the movement. You know, I well, think well, you were well, you were one of the fir- you were in the vanguard. You were the one of the first ones. Well, uh, I like the first th- ones I like there. To think, I like to think so as well. But people coming in, okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, especially the wizard rockers. Okay. Weird Al had a lot more to do with that because he also does a lot of rock parodies. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, so give, you know, give Weird Al all the do in the world. Okay? Well, yeah. Cause, cause, cause truly, you know, I, I may have helped make it acceptable within Filk. You know, I'll give you that one. Okay. But, but for doing parodies to rock tunes, we got to go with Weird Al on that. On the other hand, Weird Al does not bat a thousand. Okay, we mentioned it earlier, uh, the idea of doing filk songs that are just a repeat or a retread of the original story. Mm-hmm. Okay, everybody makes a big deal about, you know, The Saga Begins. The Saga Begins is a bad filk song about episode one, with ha- which has one joke. Okay? Mm-hmm. Yeah. The Jedi I admire most met up with Darth Maul. Now he's toast. You know, that's it. That's the only joke in the actual song. I'm alive and he's a ghost. Mm-hmm. That's, that's, yep. that's kind of it. And it was a, if it had been a better movie, it might have been a better song, but... Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah but, the, but the, Spider- song itself, the song itself is just telling the story of the movie. The Spider-Man song, same, same thing. So when did you start uh, making the move from simple filk to writing your own melodies and adding and putting your own lyrics. I mean, Rocket Ride is obviously a completely original stem. Have you heard? Completely I, I, original stem to stern. It's, have you, did you sit down and listen to um, Who Let Him In Here? Because there's a lot of stuff that isn't, yeah. I was going to say, my, my, uh, the first original song With that I wrote that, that, I, that, I, that I thought, hey, this is not bad was actually written at OVFF uh, 1986, which was my first OVFF. It was the second it's, OVFF. Um, Ohio Valley Filk Festival, for those who... Yeah, OVFF.org, and uh, it's coming up uh, near the end of October, and it's a gathering of musicians and their fans and friends, and it's basically our uh, Thanksgiving. <laughs> With yes. a lot of guitars! <laughs> I'd love to go to that sometime. It, it's, it's, it's fantastic. It really, really is. We keep getting tied up at Lost Con... <laughs> Uh, these being, being an old used but, chairman, you know. But but at OVFF eighty six, I ended up writing the Superman Sex Life Boogie, and uh, you you know that one. Oh yeah, that's uh, one of the funnier songs about Superman I've heard in a long time. <laughs> well, that was one of the best things at my first uh, go ship when I was at uh, Context in nineteen eighty eight. Was one of the guests of honor was Larry Niven, and I came up to him and I was Eighty-eight, or was it? it might have been. It might have been a later one. It was that context for sure. In Don't concept. worry, he'll never know what year it is either. Well, well no. The the thing is, it was so cool because I went up and I, and I went. No, 
Mr. Niven, I've heard from a, a friend of mine, which I had at this point, I had, had heard this, that, that you like my song uh, that I wrote based on Man of Steel, Woman of Kleenex. And he started singing it to me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Oh, now that, yeah. That you was can't a life highlight. That. That was a life highlight. Oh, that is awesome. I think one of these days I want to counter with a super girl song because her life can't be easy either. Earth boys <laughs> break so easily. Yeah, but which version of Supergirl? Any of them. You cannot break through the the womanhood of steel, can you? <laughs> and if you do, if she responds, he's he's a soprano. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. Uh, there's a yeah, there's a musical hook for you. Anyway, I was going to say, is, is it, I won't is, demand any money for that one. It's just, it, it's just my life. <laughs> is it his cousin Kara? Is it the is it the blob that uh, became, you know the, the, the you know no, the Matrix? Yeah, you know, the Matrix. Thank you. That was the name of it. Uh, is it uh, is it Power Girl? Uh, is, <laughs> any of them? Any you know? They're all going to have more or less the same problem. Is is it is it uh, pre or post Crisis on Infinite Earths? Ugh, oh, I'm your, getting so tired 52. of DC Comics shooting themselves repeatedly, just to well, see yeah. if it still hurts. I, there's, a, I, there's a website out there that has has DC <laughs> done anything stupid today? Doctor? Yeah, what yes, is what yes. is what is DC Comics done? No, no, to, uh, what the is question it? is has has DC Comics I mean, done anything stupid today? And it's yes or no. <laughs> it has been. Zero days since. Yeah, DC, DC Comics, Comics done, done something stupid. stupid. I was going to say it, it's busier than is Abe Vigoda dead or alive. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> well, Tom, it's it's been uh, it's been great having you on the show. Absolutely enchanting. Lovely. Uh, we will and, definitely and what... take you out for for you know fine, refreshing beverages in a couple of weeks. And yeah, when, mm, yeah, when you when you come out to Los beverage. Angeles and yeah, that would be San pretty Diego awesome. And... I was going to say, let's, let's, let's go San to Diego. The, yeah, San uh, Diego. I will be at FenCon in Dallas-Fort Worth about the time that the show airs, uh, October 4th through 6th, right? Is that um, close to your time? Yeah, I think that's about right. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so yeah. for those listening, if you're going to that convention, bring money to throw at Tom because uh, every one of his <laughs> and, albums and is worth underwear. it. Yeah, that too. Throw that at him. Because every one of those albums is worth it. Visit his website. What's the URL again, Tom? Uh, the main website is TomSmithOnline.com. Uh, other good sites that I have for that would be uh, TomSmith.BandCamp.com. Uh, no, on band Facebook, on, on Facebook and YouTube and on Twitter, although I don't do that much on Twitter right now, and on LiveJournal, uh, I'm Filker Tom, mm-hmm. so you can always find me. Uh, on the political blogs, I'm Filker Tom. So <laughs> on the gaming sites, I'm Filker Tom. <laughs> do you have, well, it, has do you have, the, it has the advantage of nobody else would want that. Are you, are you selling your music on iTunes? Um, there is some of my music on iTunes. Um, it's uh, it's available that way. Yeah, there, there's about uh, six or seven albums that have made their way to both iTunes and uh, Amazon. So. so if nothing else, you've got no excuse. If you can't find it, look up Tom Smith on iTunes. Mm-hmm. Buy his stuff. It's fantastic. Tom, thank you so much for joining us. Oh, you're very welcome. Thanks for having me. You have been listening to episode 32 of Krypton Radio's weekly production of The Event Horizon for October 5th, 2013. Our guest has been the amazing and prolific filker and composer Tom Smith. Your hosts have been Gene Turnbow and 
Susan Fox. This episode will air again Sunday, September 7th at 4 p.m. Pacific, 7 p.m. Eastern Time. The Event Horizon title sequence was written and produced by Gene Turnbow. The part of the science officer was played by renowned science fiction illustrator Mark Schurmeister. The part of the engineer was played by fandom dignitary Christian B. McGuire. The navigator was played by Corsair's closet producer Christine Cherry, and the role of the captain was voiced by science fiction writer Larry Niven. This program and its contents are copyright 2013 by the Krypton Media Group, Incorporated. Stay tuned for more great music and tonight's episode of X-Minus One. The Event Horizon. It's sci-fi for your Wi-Fi. <laughs>